You're listening to the Wild Youth Podcast. He won't fail. How do you know that? How do you know he won't fail? Has he? Has he failed you yet? No. He won't fail. Come on, that should be something that we get excited about. That should be something that we, we make as our anthem. Like, we serve a God who will not fail. We live in a world that will fail. But our God is above that world. He created that world, and he will not fail you. Man, if you're, if you're walking through those doors tonight, and you just you feel like God has failed, if you feel like, God, where are you? Then I want you to stop right now and ask him to show up. Ask him to show up in your life right now. If everyone could close your eyes, if that's you tonight and you felt that way, like, God, I just, I need to know that you are real. I need to be reminded that you are real. I just want you to raise your hand. A lot of hands. All right. God, I thank you that you are a promise keeper that your word says that you will not leave us. Your word says that, that you desire us, that as your children we are blessed, that we are abundantly blessed. God, you say that you want relationship with us. God, no matter what is going on in, in the lives of these hands that are raised, Holy Spirit, would you just show up tonight? Maybe it's walls that need broken down. Maybe it's sin that need broken, broken off. Maybe it's a relationship that needs restored. Maybe it's a friendship that needs healing. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit, would you just come and have your way tonight? And would you just show up in a real and tangible way to reignite that faith in them tonight, God. I thank you, and we stand on your word knowing that you are a God of your promise, you are a God of your word, and you say, ask, and it will be given. And so we are asking right now, Holy Spirit, come, 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 in the name of Jesus. Everybody say it. Amen, amen. Come on, go ahead and find your seats. Welcome to the wild. We are in for a ride tonight. If it is your first time here. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for being here. You are joining us in our series titled Best Friends. So we're talking all about friendship this month. And our panel that's happening, that's going to happen the last week this month. So the week of Thanksgiving, that Wednesday, we do have youth and we will have a panel all about friendship. So we'll have some, some guests up here to answer your questions, to, to see what you have. And we'll offer some wisdom that we <laughs> have learned, whether the hard way or an easier way, I guess. So ask your leaders if you have questions. Tell your leaders what your questions are. We want that to be beneficial for you. So go ahead and stand back up. We're going to get into our scripture tonight. If you have your Bible, open it up to the book of John. That is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John 13. 
starting in verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. God, I thank you for your word tonight. I just pray that you would um, just speak in a mighty way, that we would have ears to hear your word and hearts ready to receive it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and take your seats. If you are taking notes, get out your notebook, get out your pen, your pencil, your phone, whatever you're taking notes on. The title of the message tonight is, You Need Friends. You need friends. So last week, if you weren't here, we're just going to quickly recap. We talked about how in order to have healthy friendships, we need to have a healthy relationship with God. Our friendship with God has to be healthy. And what that looks like is we have to understand that we are known by God, that our desire to be known is fulfilled in him, and that it is for a forever known. It is a lasting friendship. It's one that will never be taken once you step into that relationship. We talked about how God put that desire in us to be known so that we would look for him and so that we would find the fulfillment in him because he desires us as well. He himself desires to be known by us. Even though God designed that desire to only be complete and fulfilled by him, we still need earthly friendships, right? We need face-to-face interactions with people on this earth, right? In Genesis, it says that it's not good for man to be alone. That was God. God said it's not good for man to be alone. And when we look at Jesus, when he sent out his disciples into the world to go minister, how did he send them out? He sent them out in twos, two by two. He didn't send them alone. When you look at the animals going onto the ark, coming off of the ark, they went by twos. They came out by families, right? We see this this over and over again, that need for connection, for relationship, right, for companionship. Well, maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking like, yeah, but not me. I don't need anyone. I'm good. I've got it all figured out. I don't really need friends. Or maybe you're like, I'm awesome already, so I don't need anyone else. Or maybe you're more on the boat of, well, no one really understands me. Or you think no one likes you. No one wants to be your friend. Or maybe... You're just like me, and you're like, yeah, but I hate small talk. Yeah, same. I hate small talk. I would much rather dive into connection with you and get to the heart of what we're talking about. And maybe you're just thinking, yeah, but it just takes so much effort to make new friends. It takes so much effort, right? And yeah, it does take effort. It takes effort to put ourselves out there to try and make that new friend. But what I think it usually boils down to is this question. Well, what if I get hurt? What if I get hurt? I put myself out there and they hurt me. 
See, we tell ourselves that we don't need or want friends because we have either been hurt or we're afraid of being hurt. Are you with me? Yeah. So either way, in those scenarios, you're isolating yourself based on an unhealthy fear. And I want to make that known, that, that unhealthy fear, right? Because there is a healthy fear. We fear God. We honor God. We respect God. But this is an, an unhealthy fear. See, we're isolating ourselves thinking that I'm protecting myself, but in reality, I'm just harming myself. In reality, it's doing the opposite. The isolation is hurting you. See, this this idea that isolation is protection, in my opinion, is one of the devil's best lies. It's one of the ways that the devil gets us. It's how he traps so many people. Traps people in loneliness, traps them in depression, he traps them in fear, and even self-hatred. We isolate ourselves. So in doing some research for this series, I started reading a book called Friendship, It's Complicated, by Andy Andrews. And I just want to read you something that she says in that book. She says, Self-preservation is willfully choosing the pain of isolation over the potential messy godly connection. So let me break that down. What she's saying is that when we try to protect ourselves by isolating, we are knowingly choosing that pain of loneliness over the potential pain from a godly friendship. See, the devil tricks us into thinking that we're choosing the lesser of two evils, right? So all of that to say, you need friends. I need friends. So tonight, we're going to roll through four reasons why we all need friends and things that a godly friendship should have. So take notes. I know that you're in a pivotal time of friendships, right? It seems like friendship is a make it or break it for your world right now. It's just, it's true. I've been there. I remember what that feels like. But friendships aren't going to go away. I still struggle with friendships. My parents still struggle with friendships, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Like this, this tension of having friendships, it's not going away. So take notes because you don't just need it now. You're going to need it 20 years from now. They're going to come and go all throughout life. What I'm saying is this struggle isn't going to go away. But take heart because God has overcome the world, right? So the first thing, and keep in mind this is not like a hierarchical order. I didn't list these things in order. These are just a list of things that your friendship should have. The first thing your friendships should do is encourage you. You should encourage your friend, and your friend should be encouraging you, right? Because friendship is a two-way street. This might be as simple as telling your friend, hey, you look really pretty today. I love what you're wearing. Or maybe it's like, dude, you look fresh. I don't know what guys say. What do you say? You look pretty. (laughs) Yikes. Okay, good. Moving on. 
or it might be more involved, like reminding your friend why they're awesome. Like sometimes we just need to be reminded why you're even friends with them. Like why do you even like me? Why are we friends, right? Maybe they're having a really hard day and you just need to be like, man, you always do an awesome job of making me laugh. Like no matter how crappy my day is, you can just come in and turn it around. Maybe you just need to tell them that even though today is hard, God promises to work everything together for your good. It's going to get better, right? He promises that joy is going to come in the morning, that tomorrow is a new day. Sometimes we just need encouragement to keep doing what's right. It's hard to walk in holiness. It's hard to live a holy life. Connor, what does holy mean? It means set apart. We as Christians are set apart from the world. People are meant to look at us and see God because of the way that we're living. Sometimes we need to be reminded why we're doing what we're doing. Hebrews 10:24 says, "Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works." We're in a world that says that the easier way is the better way. That you you know, you might as well just get away with doing as little as possible, just enough to get you by, right? But as Christians, we know that the easier way is not always the better way. In fact, it's usually not. Jesus said that we will have troubles. Paul said that we will wrestle with our flesh, that we will be contending with our sin, that our minds will naturally gravitate toward our sin because we are still in a fallen world, right? See, there is a struggle that happens, and the easier way would just be to give in. To just say, okay, I'm done fighting. I'm not going to keep wrestling this anymore. But the better way is to keep pressing into God and trusting that his way is better. Even if it's more difficult, his way is better. And we need friends to remind us of that. That's a hard walk to walk alone. So your friendships should be encouraging you. And secondly, your friends should be there to support you. I don't mean that they should support every decision you make, right? We just talked about how we should be encouraging and living a holy life. In fact, that's not really what I'm talking about at all. What I mean by support is a physical and practical support. So in 1 Peter 4, it talks about how there's a variety of spiritual gifts He says, use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Use what God has given you to help others. If you need food, your friend should maybe go to the store, go to their fridge, or just invite you over to their house to have dinner. Like if you need food, they should be there to support you. If your friend needs food, invite them to your house. If you're here, I'm sure your parents are going to be okay with you inviting a friend over that needs a meal, right? If you're sick, your friend should be offering to bring you your homework from school or copy down their notes from that class, right? 
If your parents are fighting, your friends should be there to say, hey, do you want to just come over to my house and hang out for a while? Just get away. Like, let's just hang out, have fun. Let me encourage you for a while. See, there are multiple ways to help in all of those situations, right? But you see what I'm saying. Like, we should be there to practically support one another. We have physical needs, and we can be there to help each other in that. So your friendships should be encouraging. They should be supportive. And thirdly, your friendships should challenge you. Your friendships shouldn't be challenging, but they should challenge you to be better. Challenge you to be better. In other words, you shouldn't sit by while your friend is shooting drugs up their arm. You shouldn't sit by silent while your friend is getting drunk. You shouldn't sit by while your friend is lying to their boss about being sick. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This should be a mutual challenging. You should be able to have this back and forth, challenging each other to live a holier life, right? In Proverbs, it also says that better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Well, first of all, what does rebuke mean? Okay, rebuke means express, expressing sharp disapproval or criticism of someone because of their behavior or actions. Sounds harsh, right? But I would rather be rebuked. I would rather be criticized by a friend than be given empty compliments by someone who considers me an enemy. Criticism doesn't mean bad. Criticism means, hey, you are not walking according to the Bible. Let's see what the Bible says. God has called us to live better than that. God wants better for you. That's, that's not healthy for you. It's hurting you, right? Like, these are rebukes, as the Bible would say. And why would I rather that? Because I trust my friends. The people that I allow close enough to give me that criticism, I trust them. I respect their opinion. I know that they love me, so when they rebuke me, I'm going to stop and take a close look at it and see whether or not it's true. I'm at least going to stop and give them the time of day to say, man, do I need to work on that? And if they are right, that should produce genuine change in my life for the better. See, when you love someone, you want what's best. You want them to live their best life. And I know it's not always easy to correct our friends, right? It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to have to do that, but we do it because we love them, because it's better. And that's the same, that's the same reason why God does it for us. God rebukes us because he loves us. So friendships should be encouraging, supporting, challenging us to be better. And lastly, in our friendships, we should be praying. See, friends should not only be praying for, but praying with each other. Matthew 18, it says, Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, 
It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Guys, there is power when Christians get together in the name of Jesus and pray for change, when we pray for healing, when we pray for families to know Jesus, when we pray against depression, when we pray against the attacks of the enemy, there is power. Get together with your friends and pray. Pray together. James 5 says the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Pray for one another. Pray with each other. When you are together, the power of God is moving. He's hearing you. He's answering your prayers. But also be honest with each other about your struggles. If you're struggling with something, tell your friend and let them pray for you. Go up to them and say, I need prayer. Don't wait for them to ask you. Take the step and say, I need you to pray for me. For too long, Christians has, have been expecting perfection from one another. For too long, we've been canceling friends when they hurt us and then trying to live life alone. See, there is power when Christians stand together. And so we need friends. As we break up into small groups tonight, ask yourselves this question. Have you been letting past hurt keep you from making new friendships? Have you been letting past hurt keep you from making new friendships? We just need people in our life to be encouraging, people to love on us, people to remind us that the world isn't over because I failed that test, because I missed that pass, because I stubbed my toe on the coffee table, right? Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go to myeternity.com slash wild. Or you can join us in person on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.30 at Eternity. Yeah.